Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. All right. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is not the on to the next one hosting voice of one of my characters. This is, of course, Alexander K. Lee, his co-host. And uh, handling my co-host duties today, in place of my character, is the wonderful Jed K. Mishu. Jed, say hi to the world. Hello. Very excited to be here. We've had a lot of fights that have happened, and now I get to see how Mike lives every Sunday morning when you've been up to the ungodly hours of the evening. Yes, Mike Heck is a busy man. He is unavailable uh, for the recording of this episode, but he will be back, of course, next week on, on our regularly scheduled programming. As it is, you got me and Jed. Uh, Jed has filled in ably several times in the past, and he was uh, generous enough to grace us with his presence today. Jed, uh, thoughts, just some broad thoughts on an action-packed Saturday. We'll be focusing on, of course, UFC Mexico City matchmaking, but uh, there was a lot more than that. A lot more than that, wasn't there? I mean, we had the PFL card, so that was... That was something. I I was watching fights from noon with a very small intermission uh, until whatever one one thirty. So twelve plus hours of fighting for me personally yesterday is an awful lot. It's, it's not a small <laughs> amount of fighting, um, but it was largely good. And uh, you know, flyweight unders took a hit last night, but the Mexico City card was in general uh, it delivered in action. And you know, not their not their best card ever, but I think it was an, an adequate return to Mexico after like four years off. So all in all, okay. Yeah, I don't think any fight fan can complain if they uh, dedicated you know eight or so hours to uh, the two cards. Plus there was KSW Epic and uh, various other regional events. There was just a lot going on if you wanted to, to scratch that fight itch. So legitimately, KSW yeah. Epic was the most interesting stuff that happened it always on is. Saturday. Like, I mean, it, it is their promotion. Like the their actual promotion is top notch. Like the the vibes are always great. They were doing some real weird stuff yesterday. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, but they basically went full fight circus 
which was like awesome and kind of odd, but they, w- there was a boxing match on there that ended up being a little weird. The finish was a hand injury. There was uh, Phil DeFreeze, the heavyweight, the KSW heavyweight champion, just in a grappling match with uh, Josh Barnett. There was a little bit of one championship stuff. They had a one-man tournament, uh, <laughs> or not a one-man, a four-man one-night tournament. There was a soccer kick fight. There was an MMA in uh, like old school gi fight. It was they were doing some fun stuff, and there was a lot of fun to be had that evening. Yeah, and KSW is so smart about um, again sort of branding different events because listen, this maybe this is the, their new line of things, right? They have their epic brand now for when they want to just someone wants to do boxing, so they want to do a no holds barred belt, they want to do a one night tournament. And also, what do you do with guys like Mamed Khaledov, who's who's done everything, but it's not right to retire. And you mm-hmm. can still, frankly, uh, squeeze a few more dollars out of old Mamed. So throw him in there with a boxer. Sure. Didn't go great this time. That's fine. Uh, but hey, listen, you got Puds. You got Puds out there. Puds isn't going to fight MMA forever either. He's definitely got a few boxing matches in him. Why let Puds go box for someone else when you throw him on KSW Epic 3 and, you know, sometime next year? And then you have Puds boxing. Same with uh, Bill DeFreeze. He's clearly cleared out your heavyweight division. So what do you do? Hey, let's get a former UFC champion, very well-known guy, Josh Fournette. Just have him grapple. Doesn't have to do anything crazy. Don't have to make. Don't have to go jump through the hoops to make an MMA fight. Have him grapple. So it would be amazing, of course, if we could see the UFC do the same thing. We talk all the time about like, oh, legends division, and just like, look, wouldn't it be cool if they let the fighters do this, do that? UFC is doing amazing. They don't have to make any changes, but this is when you're when you're another big promotion. Uh, you know, that's not the UFC. That's uh, over in Europe. One of the biggest promotions in Europe. You can play around a little bit. And KSW does that all the time. So high marks, high marks for the concept for sure. So, yeah, it was a great Saturday. I mean, three pretty major. I mean, the, the two world leaders in MMA put on an event. The three, I guess, if you however you want to feel about Bellator and its existence. And then KSW, which is sort of the darling of certainly hardcore fans. So it was a great Saturday. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a good time to be a combat sports fan, man. Uh, I know in the media, people think well, we in the media complain all the time about i don't know well listen we complain about various things which should be complained about fighter pay maybe certain fighter behavior uh and say la vie i get it we all get it that's part of the game but that doesn't mean that we're not gonna you know we're just gonna sit here and uh, and accept some of the more uh, some of the sorry less desirable aspects of combat sports but overall if you're just a fan and you're looking for a good times i, I it's just almost never been better i mean we can we can harp on about some of the you know the golden age of the pride era and uh you know the, the rise of the ufc and how cool it was back then and that was great I, if i go back there i'd love to but it ain't bad now. It ain't bad now. We've got France Ngannou, what, boxing again in a couple weeks? Anthony Joshua, UFC 299 coming up. It's a good time, man. And and I thought UFC it was. City, yeah. I thought it UFC, was a good time. Now we yeah. have Shmuel Gazia versus Yarzinho Rosenstrike. Another so banger. back to the bad times. Another banger. Uh, Mexico City certainly delivered in a lot of ways. You know, uh, might start off a bit slow. Some fights are forgettable. But as with any UFC card, you take the top, you take the top half, you slice the top half off. You got yourself a pretty tasty... Uh, Pretty tasty cut there. So, main event. Let's get to the matchmaking, Jed. Main event. Uh, Brandon Royval gets a measure of revenge against Brandon Moreno. Maybe Brandon. not the most of. What, Brandon what, oh, Brandon. Moreno. I'm sorry. Now Brandon. That's right. He's lost the battle of the Brandons. Maybe not the most uh, dominant performance, but it certainly was a raw dog esque performance. Man, he came forward for five rounds and was just throwing, and he was getting cracked a lot, but he was landing too. Landed plenty enough to get two forty eight forty seven scores. Uh, what do you think of Roy Val's performance, Jed? And what is next for the raw dog? Uh, I've seen a number of people um, poo pooing Brandon Roy Val's performance. Just- really. 
I mean, just because it it was ugly. Like it's an it's an ugly fight. He mm-hmm. there are there have been comparisons made to um, some of the fighters who historically maybe maybe your views vary on, but uh, some some Frankie Edgar during the worst parts of his career where he was winning fights on activity rather than actually being effective. <laughs> um, I've never, I've never heard of this before. Any comparison to Frankie Edgar is a is a good one. So I that counts as a compliment to me. So largely comparisons to Frankie Edgar are good, but uh, certainly during parts of his run, he was just moving his hands a lot and not being the most actually effective boxer. Um, I'm trying to who's the uh, Leonard Garcia WEC standout, and we got a, oh. a somewhat Leonard Garcia esque performance from Hoyval. I mean, he threw he threw 500 punches, AK, yeah, and that's that's did. the second most strike attempts behind Max Holloway. I saw some I saw somebody with that stat out there. He landed like 200 of them, less than 200, maybe. It he landed at like a 28 percent clip. On the one hand, you got to praise the activity. On the other hand, when you're doing when you are spamming that much volume and being that ineffective with it, uh, I, I think it's fair to at least critique that. But on the other side of it, uh, Brandon Moreno let him do it and let him get beat that way. So, oh, what's that say about Brandon Moreno? Um, for Royval, this was not – my biggest issue is that this was not the performance that made me think title fight. Like, right? Like, he he is coming off a dominant loss to Pantoja. He tried his best on the mic afterwards to kind of set that up saying, all, all these dudes just want to want to hold me. They want to take me down. I'm never going to get held down again. And to his credit, that that was by far the most dynamic part of his game on Saturday. When Moreno was trying to grab a hold of him, get him to the mat, he was hell on wheels, man. Like he was constantly mo- moving, throwing up submission attempts from his back. I almost got a go-go plata. I say almost, but I mean like he was three-fourths of the way to a go-go plata that Brandon Moreno then had to just be like bail, bail, bail on. Like that was the most dynamic part of his game. Um but he won this fight with his striking. And so, you know, um, it, it wasn't pretty, even if it was effective, I guess. Yeah. And and listen, that, to me, that's, a, again, everything you said there was a stirring endorsement. Uh, the Frank Yeager comparison, the Leonard Garcia comparison, the amount of strikes thrown. Uh, you do you don't want to get into like Michael Bisping territory where uh, it's like, oh, he's the he's the middleweight leader in significance. I don't know if Bisping is anymore. But he's certainly up there, and it's he like, yeah, that's still. I would <laughs> yeah, and it's and, and and I mean, before uh, he maybe became Sean champion, already got him. Might have, yeah. Before he became champion, the like that was kind of a critique of Bisping. So I was like, okay, yeah, he's landing a lot of punches because he can't knock anybody out. Uh, we certainly wouldn't say that about Orival. It wasn't even that fair of a criticism of Bisping. You know, he sprinkled in a, a TKO here and there, and uh, Orival has plenty of finishes. And not being able to finish Brandon Marino, there's no shame in that. I, I think uh, no one has right except for. Pantoja on the Ultimate Fighter? Is am I am I is it crazy? Um, I can check that something? for you, yeah, but I don't I'm, think I'm good, so. I've got I've got my clicking fingers here. You guys can hear that. Yeah. So he got finished in the Ultimate Fighter, which counts sort of, uh, but on his pro record, uh, all eight losses uh, from Reno by decision. And um, I mean, eight losses is a lot of losses. It's a lot. It's a lot. But several were kind of early in his career. Got into one of those weird, yeah. like, yeah. Okay. So anyway, also I'm several happy. recently. I'm happy with a saw from Roy Val, and I do think it was enough to earn him a rematch only because we all know what the deal is with UFC 301 and Rio. They need 
definitely need a Brazilian to headline the show. Uh, in their infinite wisdom, they have already booked Alex Pereira. They have already booked Charles Oliveira very close to this show. Uh, and so it seems like Pantoja's the next man up, and he needs someone. And while there are names, and while there is business to be settled next week, uh, I, I can't look that far ahead just yet. So I, I have to have something from Royval. I think he's done enough to get the shot. He's reliable. He's available. And I was not satisfied with their uh, with their fight in December. I want Royval to get one more shot and bring his usual style and see what happens. Um, Pantoja's already beaten him twice, so could be the same. But we're filling the headliner here. If this is the new UFC schedule, give me Pantoja, Roy Val, Trezo. Didn't do it. Can't do it. Uh, I'm not saying it won't happen. Um, I actually don't think it will happen. um, But there is certainly a world because the most important thing is availability. Roy Val will be available. Uh, I don't think they're going to headline that card. I think I just don't think the UFC would go would do 301 without 100 Pantoja. Is as good of a fighter as he is. Um, I think I have him like top three or four pound for pound in the world. Uh, he's just they, they're not going to headline a pay, the pay per view follow up to three hundred with flyweights. I just don't think that's going to happen. They'll scramble something else out there. Um, maybe Tom Aspinall versus uh, Jailton Almeida if Almeida can make a quick turnaround and get past Curtis Blades. But like Pantoja is for sure fighting there, so there's a world where Royval gets it. But you said it; they fought in December. That fight was not competitive. That fight was not interesting. Um, maybe you know, maybe it wasn't Royval's best day in the office, but as a bad time to have a bad day in the office, you know. And I, I can't have one very competitive, contentious split decision win over Brandon Moreno, who himself has lost now three or four or something. He's he's lost like a pretty fair amount in the last bit, and should be like, yeah, let's run this back six months later. If they do, it won't be the worst thing. But I think we are going to get. Muhammad Makayev in there because I think Makayev is going to beat Alex Perez next weekend and even though it might be a little green a little early for him flyweight's in a weird spot right now because Amir Albazi hurt himself and then okay should have been the inside track here but he blew weight so I really struggle with what to do with Roy Val uh and, and Moreno honestly for that matter yeah. I settled on Manokate. um because I think he's going to have to fight one more time, more than more likely than not. He's already honestly fought like a lot of the top uh, flyweights out there. Like we're already there, and I'm, we're just doing a lot of rematches at the top of flyweight. I mean, yep. Pantoja's Pantoja during this fight held up a five zero with his hands, which was hilarious to me because he has collectively beaten Brandon the two Brandons five to nothing. He's faced <laughs> yeah. them five times collectively and won every single one, and ostensibly they may have been fighting for a title shot. Like I want to get something new in there. Uh, I'm going to give Manel cop another opportunity to make weight, do the thing. And then if Panto or if Roy Vall goes out there and beats Manel cop, I got no issues running it back. That's two good wins over top five, top seven dudes. And if Manel cop can make weight and get the win, he's bona fide. There's nothing keeping him from the title fight. So that's where I went. That's what I'm hoping is happening. And maybe even will happen. Honestly, yeah, a uh, uh, for Val is a great matchup. I would hate to see it at the Apex. I hope they can find a way to get that in front of people because that's just a super banger of a fight. It's for it, sure an Apex headliner, though. Oh, God. That needs people. That needs people. Uh, it, it's it's weird how the uh, Albazi, uh, come, you know, not getting – having to bow out of the Moreno fight kind of screwed things up as far as what you're saying. Like, we, we almost were close to creating fresh challengers because if Albazi had won, which – 
I'm not sure he would have. I think I still would have picked Moreno. But if Obazi had won, there's a fresh challenger. If Makayev dominates next week, there's a fresh challenger. And suddenly we break this like rematch cycle. But because and, and if Cop had had not had the weight box last time, he's probably like I said in the mix, the front runner to get a title shot. If he had won he's, his fight, he's winning. Like he is he is getting yeah. the next title fight. There so was we a had two hour window or whatever <laughs> where Albazi was pulled out, and we're just like, uh, oh my goodness. Now, now Manel Cop is no doubt about it fighting for a title shot right here. And a day and a half later, he misses weight. And we're like, never yeah. mind. Yeah. So Cop, Alvazi, and and Makayev, they're right there to like get the title. They're right there. It's just circumstances. The cards have not fallen as they as they could have. And again, that's why we've gotten the, the rematches and trilogies. And we're talking about the Ultimate Fighter. And anyway, uh, so from Moreno, yeah, I, I think they could just rebook Albazi, uh, Jed. I, sorry, I wasn't sure if you mentioned what what you had from Moreno as well. I had not. Um, okay, I, we'll just touch upon this quickly. Yeah. I think they are going to rebook Albazi. It's not yeah. what I want. It's not what I chose. Um, Moreno's lost a lot lately, man, and that's. I think my issue with the rebooking Albazi fight is Moreno has lost, you know, two in a row and with the Figgy fight, he's lost three of four. He's got split you know, calls, split calls, split calls. split calls. Yes, but you know. I I do like to live in a world where losing matters and Moreno going from losing to Brandon Royval, dropping down to like four or something in the, in the UFC rankings to fighting another dude immediately next to him. Means that, oh, he goes and wins and then he beats Amir Albazi. And then, sort of, what are like if he beats Amir Albazi, what are we doing? I want him to have to defend his position against someone a little further back. I want somebody a little further back to get an opportunity. If I didn't think Makayev was about to get a title fight by beating Alex Perez, I would have said that. But in this scenario where all of this has played out, uh, Matt Chanel and Steve Urseg are fighting. It is not a fight that people are pumped about by any, any means. But if Urseg goes out there and wins, which I think he is going to do, He's undefeated in uh, in the UFC flyweight division. He came in and immediately beat a top dude, sort of here. And I don't have any idea really what his ceiling is, but I think if he goes out there and beats Matt Schnell, uh, which I think is going to happen, I am projecting all that and I'm saying, let's make Brandon Moreno defend a little further back. Let's get somebody else an opportunity and let's get Whoa. Steve Steve Ursek that shot. Dan was not expecting a Steve Ursek mention this morning. I, uh, I knew that this one would not be a friends forever. I was deeply confident. Uh, yeah, and I'm not against it. Uh, he was, I think, one of our rookie. I don't know if he finished top five in our rookie of the year voting, but he was on some ballots. Steve Ursing was on some ballots. He snuck in there. He surprised some people. Um, his only disappointment last year really was that I couldn't get his Wi-Fi working during uh, his, I think, his MA hour debut. But uh, hey, it could be a big year from 2024. If he gets the Moreno fight, He'll probably get another shot at uh, talking to Ariel again. So I like that. That's a little out of the box. Again, I went with pretty basic, the rebooking. But Ursig Moreno in 2024? Dude, I mean, he's, he's 28 years old. He beat David Dvorak. Yeah. Coming in, beats Alessandro Costa. If he beats Matt Schnell, who is... Uh, let me pull up where the UFC has Matt Schnell. Matt Schnell's number nine. So beats yeah. Matt Schnell, he's going to move into eight or nine and... With every all the other shenanigans going on, with Amir Albazi still you know being hurt, it, it was a neck injury. Um, mm-hmm. So I have no idea what the timeline for Albazi to come back is. It's hopefully not bad, but uh, let's let's get some new guys opportunities, baby. I wonder if Moreno takes like a one-off at 135 just to stay busy and freshen things up. But then I just had this horrible thought of him somehow. That oh, least my God. Fight, you're so right. Him fighting Figgy again. He's going to end up fighting no. Figgy again. So. No, we're dumb. I want to change my answer. Oh, go. Who is he fighting? It's obviously Henry Cejudo. Oh, God. There's the beef there. Cejudo came out this. I didn't even think of this until you said it. I'm I hitting do my buzzer. The, the we don't talk about Cejudo fight. on this show. 
No, but the idea of a one-off fight makes a ton yeah. of sense for him. There's the the beef there with Henry Cejudo sort of built in. Yep. Cejudo came out this week and said he's not retiring, that he's a liar, um, and that he can't go out like that. Cejudo, ver- I mean, you could put Cejudo against any Bantamweight and that would be fine, but I, I'm shifting my answer. I would prefer the Steve Ursig because, you know, meritocracy. That actually probably is going to happen. Ugh. Ugh. I think that you. I think that you spiked I, it. We found it, AK. Oh, that, I want That's no part of this. I was selection. Uh, you're locking it in. Locking it in. I want the oh, point God. when it happens. God, I I really enjoyed the Ersek mention more than Cejudo. By the way, I, that, we were having a good time. <laughs> and you went totally the other direction. I I shouldn't have mentioned Bantam. I mean, I think the Ersek would make more sense, but I also I got some concerns about whether Brandon Moreno might. Be on the downside of his career. I think we obviously know Henry Cejudo is. Moreno's still a young man, but got a lot of miles on him, a lot of, you know, a lot of 25 minute fights at this point. And that sort of adds up. That It was a very bad performance. Like just straight up, it was one of the worst performances technically from Brandon Moreno in some time. Mm-hmm. So I I think that fight makes all the sense in the world. It's my official, my official pick now, AK. Gross. Uh, I saw some people saying I think Cejudo should come down to 125 at some point and like for his, you know, to save his whatever what's left of his UFC career. And I'm like, don't make poor 37 year old Henry Cejudo cut down to 125 anymore. I'm sure he could do it. Just don't make him do it. It can't. It can't be a good time. I'm not uh, confident he can anymore. I mean, he could do it. I just don't know how he'd function on fight night. Uh, let's go to the co-main here. Brian Ortega, man, proving me wrong, making me look like a dummy as I always am with his rematches. I picked him in the first fight, loses to, to kind of a freak injury. Sorry, Yair. I know he wants to take credit for that submission slash TKO. Uh, but, you know, we we all know the injury had a huge impact on that result. And uh, comes back and he submits a year after a, uh, you know, a pretty poor start. But, yeah, comes back in his comeback well done, Brian Ortega. I'm going with Giga Chikadze, I think. Uh, we talked a lot on the pre, uh, post-fight show about the possibility of him getting that title shot against Ilya. It's actually really high. So I don't want to rehash all that. Guys, you can listen to the post-fight show if you want to see us break that down. We, we were pretty thorough. But I have previously stated that I want to see Mozart get the title shot. Uh, I am not backing away from that. So for me, um, Tapore is already booked. Hopefully it'll be Mozart. And I'm, 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 so I'm going with Chikadze for Ortega. I I like to pick not what I'm going with. I am going with Mosar. I think listen mm-hmm. to the preview show, but Jose Young's kind of laid out sort of my perfect not my perfect world, but the world that I think is by far the most likely to happen. UFC is not in the Mosar business. They were very down on his Arnold Allen fight, despite it not there not being a reason to. Um, and so I think he pretty clearly is one fight away unless everything falls apart and he steps in there. I certainly think that Mozart versus Taboria in Spain is the least interesting of the Spain, like the possible Spain opponents. I think I, I never won a media rematch. I think the overwhelming likelihood is Alexander Volkanovsky is going to fight Ilya Taboria again um, later this year because Volk will say yes. And he is not going to take the time off that I think a lot of people are projecting. Oh, we'd like him to take some time off. So he, you know, is healthy. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, given that, I think Brian Ortega versus Mavsar makes a ton of sense because the winner of that is a no doubt about it, hundred percent bona fide contender. So I, I went Mavsar of love. Yeah, I, I if only Mavsar had sprinkled in a finish here or there, he would have he would have the favor of Dana. I still think Dana 
was confused about what fight he was talking about at UFC 297 when he was slamming Mosar and uh, Arnold Allen. Or maybe he wasn't watching clearly. I that just, was such a bizarre moment. But it's there. though. That quote is hanging out there now. And it's just, I don't know how you can sell Mosar after that. But I think, I honestly think that he is not was not confused. It is, this dude has literally never finished anyone in the UFC. And Dana, like if Arnold Allen had won, they probably would have been a little more accepting of it because yeah. Arnold does have some finishes. It's yeah. generally a more exciting fighter than Mavsar Evlov. I don't think there's a human being in the world other than direct relations to Evlov who would call him the most exciting fighter. <laughs> um, and so I think Dana is just like, yeah, the dude who keeps John Fitch, just John Fitched again, and I'm not going to give him a title fight until there are no other options, um, which I think is going to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waving my magic wand. I'm trying to get Movsar in there, but boy, the more we talk about it, and the more the more I think fans talk about it, I feel like it's just going to move further away from that. So Movsar is number four on the list of possible contenders for Elia right now. <laughs> that's so that's so true and so silly, and it just angers me. Uh, let's move to some. I, I don't want to say positive. Well, yeah, positive eyes because I'm happy with my matchup for this guy. Uh, we kind of went back and forth, Jed. Like, should we do you know the losers of the two top fights and? They're big names. They're top five guys in the divisions. And they were 25-minute fights. And they're 25-minute fights. It felt like there's and there's serious title implications in both. So unfortunately, Fayir probably will not be getting that title shot anytime soon. Uh, again, suffers a, a tough loss to a very gutsy Brian Ortega. Where'd you go with Yair then, Jed? Are we trying to keep him in contention? Did you just find a fun opponent for him? Uh, a little bit of both? What's going on with El Pantera? I went with the fight that I feel honestly pretty confident is going to happen here. Um, low-hanging fruit, so if you have it, I'm not sure we can friends forever this, but it's on a two-fight losing streak. You know who else on a two-fight losing streak? First of his career, Mr. Arnold Almighty Allen. Um, this is just the way the UFC does business. Two dudes who are top six, I think, in their rankings, both coming off two losses in a row. They're not going to make either guy fight super far back. Their timelines align uh, pretty easily, so... Yeah, uh, Yair Rodriguez, Arnold Allen is my choice in a fight that will be fun. Oh, definitely, definitely. And again, top, two top ten guys. Another another fight that's oh – God, I keep hating to say this. Like headlining of – no, you can't fight Yair. You can put anybody in the apex, can't you, Jed? Pretty much. I mean, I you can, say. but I do – you know, there's still the Noche uh, yeah, thing that's yeah. going to happen. I think okay. there's a pretty high likelihood that Yair that versus good. Arnold Allen at Noche. Um, yeah, that is a good pick. I have on a previous show said I kind of want Dan Ige to get a shot at Arnold Allen. So I, I've been really pleased with Ige's performances lately. I want to see him get a top six, top seven guy and maybe take that spot. I'm sure Allen would be like a minus 200 favorite. That's fine. So I can't go away from that. So I was left over with one Mr. Edson Barbosa. Oh, come and, on. That's not the answer. Yeah, man. It's a fun fight. And I kind of in my mind, I was like, I probably have made this before and on to the next one or fans suggested it because I was like, did they? fight like is this a two and i'm like no yeah year and yeah year and uh edson have never fought each other and edson's on a two fight win streak yeah years as you said streaking the other way so i think they gotta meet in the middle i think i think barbosa deserves his chance at uh, yeah spot i would pick yeah year uh he's i mean minus 250 probably going to that fight uh but hey it's a fun matchup barbosa i think can beat anyone on the feet on a good day and uh there you go there's another we're just creating apex headliners here jed we're, I hope the matchmakers are listening because this is Apex headlining money. I will say that that fight is deeply fun, so I don't hate it if it happens. Mm. I thought that there were two options here. I thought we were it was either you were either going to go Arnold Allen or I thought because um, to me the other obvious choice was the winner of Aljamain Sterling Calvin Cater because 
the winner of that's probably not actually getting a title fight, but it's a big fight. It's meaningful. They're one away. And you go from that to beating former interim champion, Rodriguez, maybe you are in there. So, um, and come on, Calvin Cater, yeah, you Rodriguez, baby. Woo! That's a fight. Yeah. That the result of that Cater Sterling fight, it's going to create some interesting... Make things weird again. Possibilities. <laughs> 145. Yeah, I saw some people, uh, some listeners sent in comments suggesting Sterling for some things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like if Sterling wins, he could really insert himself into one of these big featherweight fights. So he's out there. Aljo, a lot on the line there. A lot on the line. UFC 300, a lot on the line. Uh, let's... The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Let's run through some of these other, uh, you know, great main card winners, but got people who are probably, again, probably not close to a top 15, top 20 opponent. You might disagree. We'll start with Daniel Zellhuber, young Daniel Zellhuber, being even younger uh, Francisco Prado, classy performance, showing uh, a lot of why people are so excited about Zell Huber. Uh, this was easy for me. I just picked up another winner from this card, another guy who's kind of similar size-wise. We might have to see Zell Huber, uh, how he does against someone with similar dimensions, similar reach. Let's put him in there with uh, Fresh Zium, who picked up a split decision, which should have been a unanimous decision win over Claudio Poyas. And uh, let's let's see where the cards fall. I think Zell Huber can win that fight, but if not, it's okay. It's only twenty four. Can take a loss and go back to the drawing board. Ak, do you do you hear that that sound? Oh, I hear. It's, I think it's music. I, should I tell them to turn it down, or should we just go along with it? I think we might want to just go along with it. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's it feeling. It's a friend. Yeah. Forever. forever. Perfect timing. Uh I also chose for his DM. I considered going uh, Manuel Torres, again, another lightweight winner on this card. Sure. I don't think you're wrong if that's the, the way you went. I think there's a world, but uh, it, I don't know why. I just reflected. I was like, eh, both of those had really impressive. Their main card fighters, whereas for him was on the prelims, even though I kind of put all of these dudes sort of in that same range of top 40, top 35-ish lightweights. Um I, I was like, yeah, I, I don't want Manuel Torres and, and uh, Zell Huber to fight just yet. Um, you know, we don't need any Mexican on Mexican violence. Uh, for CM goes into goes into Mexico, um, get gets himself a win, and now he, I mean, against uh, the Prince of Peru. Now we got to see if he can beat the the soon to be Prince of Mexico in, in Daniel Zell Huber. So fully with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely want to avoid the Zell Hubert Torres matchup for now. I think after Saturday, I kind of have them right next to each other in my rankings. They're clogged up because I have Trey Ogden in there above Zell Huber. Uh, he did beat Zell Huber in the in the what was his UFC debut. And at this point, I mean, you could probably put Zell Huber well above Ogden. He's just he's fought three times since then. He's won all three fights. Ogden lost his last fight, but. Uh, I need to see, you know, I need to see Zell Huber beat someone ranked higher than him, which he hasn't done yet. So if you have Zell Huber in your top, like, 35, I understand. I just, him and Torres, 
I think just just right below Ogden. Ogden's holding on to that spot with his his one and two UFC record. Rankings are dumb. Rankings are dumb. Okay, we do them all the sometimes, time. You know. Sometimes they're silly. <laughs> Rankings are dumb. Uh, Jasmine Haragi, uh, great bounce back performance. Listen, she, she just got trucked by Denise Gomez last time. It's it happens. I think Denise Gomez is going to do that to a few people in her career. She's going to lose. She's going to lose some obvious decisions, and then she's going to she's going to have like thirty five second, forty second knockouts. So no shame for uh, Haragi for that happening. They gave her the right matchup in Sam Hughes. Uh, she kept the fight on the feet where it needed to be and just kind of picked Sam Hughes apart. So way to go. Uh, what do you think for Hadagi? What do you think of her prospects as a future contender? And uh, who do you have for her next? Uh, um, at the risk of being a bit dismissive, I don't think she has a ton of prospects as like a true contender. But she's very young, um, you know, has a- enough skills out there, can can continue to develop in a weight class that is quietly getting pretty weak. Um, we aren't talking about it much, but straw weight is, I mean, just look at straw weight. Like you look certainly at the top of the ranking straw weight is, is looking like, you know, Oh, light heavyweight, welterweight got a lot of old heads hanging around here. Who's the young butts to come in, you know, uh, Lupe, uh, Lupe Godinez is coming in. But other than that, I mean, Angela Hill's still holding on to a ranking. Kaylin Kovalkovich is holding on to it. Michelle Waters and Gomez is holding on to a ranking. We got a lot of older bodies just floating around there with not a ton of incoming talent. So maybe Yargui can sort of ride that. But I do think she's probably going to kind of flirt with the rankings, hang around maybe at the bottom end for a long period of time just because she's got enough going her going for her. Uh, I just I was going for timeline on this one. Uh, Corey McKenna is fighting Jacqueline Amarim coming up. Oh. Amarim is you know seven and one and kind of exciting. Corey McKenna's on a good one win streak right now. Uh, the timelines should match up pretty well here. So I'm going for the winner of that fight gets Yargui. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I, I probably should have gone with someone closer to her. Um, in uh, sorry, I've just lost my train of thought here. I have two because I have two options for how to get none of whom I went with. Uh, let me let me just reset there. I I probably should have gone with a higher ranked veteran opponent. Some of the names you mentioned, Jed, uh, Michelle Watterson, Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Um, and I saw listeners suggest that, and I get it. They're going to hate this suggestion because the pick I have for Hadagi is someone else who should be getting one of those uh, veteran names. But I kind of want to see her fight Loma. I know people are a lot higher on Loma. I know putting two sort of up and coming straw wasting each other sucks because someone have to take a loss. I think I'm just being selfish here and I want to see a fun fight. In reality, one of them should get Carolina probably. One of them should get Michelle Watterson. Uh, or like you said, uh, the, uh, uh, Amarim, if Amarim is able to win her next fight, I think would be a good uh, good option as well. I refuse um, to book Michelle Watterson Gomez. She's lost like eight <laughs> in a row. Well, like, she's out. Just, she's got to fight somebody. <laughs> she's not retired. It's, she's not retired. It's super weird. I don't. I don't know what we're doing there. <laughs> Haragi, Watterson Gomez, UFC Apex 98 or whatever, wherever we're, we're heading in, whatever direction we're heading in there numerically. Uh, yeah, so I like her in Loma. Again, probably doesn't happen. Probably shouldn't happen. I know people don't want to see that one just yet. Like if, if Haragi does pan out, that's a fight you want to see further down the road. But again, I'm selfish. I just like to see good fights. That's a great fight. That's how I'm going. And uh, probably being a little selfish here with my pick for the main card opener winner, Manuel Torres, a man who hates second rounds. Uh, hates Jeff, what, was, what was the action on him uh, from No Bets Bard? Uh, Connor might have had something. I did not have any on okay. this fight. I 
uh, I was traveling last week, and so mm-hmm. I did not do almost any research to bet uh, Mexico City. So I just didn't have the time. I bet all the flyweight unders, which did not work out, and a couple of other fights, which did and didn't work out. But I, I did not watch this. But yeah, hates the first round, or hates the second round, never wants to go there. <laughs> and that's why we respect him, you know? Yeah. We'll get the we'll get the full moratorium on uh, the event, and also yes, yeah, some of the unfortunate flyweight under bets that might not have hit on no bets barred later this week, guys. We'll look out for that, and also of course, I mean, I don't know why I need to tell, tell people to tune in, Chad. They're there for the uh, they want the Rosenstruck versus uh, Gaziev card bets, so you know it's going to be a loaded episode anyway. Uh, yeah, Torres is great. I think he's eight and two now in his last ten, and all ten of those fights. Did not go to the second round. I am such a fan. He was. It was. This was such the right choice to open uh, the UFC Mexico City main card, and he delivered. Man, I had a first round knockout, but hey, the guy mixes the martial arts, gets the first round submission. Chris Duncan's a tough guy too, so not something to sneeze at. And now Torres is three and zero in the UFC. Give him another guy. I'm not going up the rankings. I'm actually going back just because I want more first round finishes. Put him in there with Ludovic Klein, and let's have someone get their head knocked off. Yeah, that's not bad. I didn't even think of that. Mm. Um, this was a tougher one just because it's sort of weird on where Torres is. I, I almost just went back and was like, I'll just do Zell Huber. It's pretty simple. Glad we didn't because friends forever. Uh, Mike Davis is fighting Natan Levy uh, next weekend. Pretty in March sometime. Um, and they, they're just kind of around, you know, their top, again, Sort of in that same mix of top fifty-ish lightweights as a lot of as uh, Ziam and Zell Huber are, and kind of made sense from a fight. Uh, just n- nothing major here. Just the way I went. Yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, either of those guys. Uh, yeah, a guy like Torres, we're not making any big projections for him yet. You know, a lot of fighters can look great in their first few UFC fights, and then they hit a certain level of competition, and they, they lose their next three, and we're never talking about them again. So let's enjoy the magic of Manuel Torres. Uh, you said Nathan Levy's fighting. It was Nathan Levy and... Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Oh, Mike Davis would be a, a huge, huge, huge... Really, whoever wins that, but especially Mike Davis. And, man, we just need to see Mike Davis fight more. Um, so yeah, if Mike Davis picks up that W, let's try and turn around quick, get him in there with Manuel Torres. Uh, I just need, need, need more Mike Davis in my life, need more Manuel Torres in my life. Uh, maybe some, maybe some Levy as well. Uh, wild card. I went in a direction that uh, may seem unexpected, but anyone who's listened to me talk about the fighter I chose will know, if anything, it'll be like an, an obvious pick. But I'm curious, Jed, let's go with your wild card pick first. Uh, I'll let people know if you're listening to the show first time. Pick anybody with your wild card pick that we haven't already talked about. It can be one of the winners uh, from the prelims. It can be one of the losers from any fight in the card. Again, we've already covered Moreno and Rodriguez in that regard. Uh, but yes, this is our, our our chance to pick up any any little thread left, any narrative thread we haven't uh, commented on yet, and pick that up and run away with it. So Mike, uh, Mike, 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 Jed Mishu, uh, who was your wild card pick this week? I have an important question for you. Sure. Did I have to go with the UFC card? Because I no, I made a you know what? Card. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's I made. Right. I did make a wild card for the UFC in case we were trying to keep this really structured in there. But uh, again, some awesome fights happened in PFL, and I I went through and was like, uh, AJ McKee be pretty fun to see him fight. Like Usman Nurmagomedov, I'm pretty into that. Pitbull versus Aaron Pico would be pretty into that. What I settled on 
um, I thought that the best way to just bring it all together, right? Um, and for the record, my UFC wildcard would have been uh, Francisco Prado versus John McDessie because I think Francisco Prado is just going to be John McDessie. He's going to have a really fun career, a little bit undersized in the weight class, uh, hang around forever. It's going to be great. Just do it. It would be a banger of people chucking things at each other. But the one I went for, I got a twofer. I doubled up AK on extracurriculars. I want Vadim Nimkov to fight France Singani, but that's not happening. We know that that's not happening. Just seems very unlikely. But I do want Vadim Nimkov to get to fight good heavyweights. And I got to tell you, being Bruno Capeloza was impressive. You know, fighting Hinan Fajera or uh, Ansi Dalia or Dennis Galtsov or whoever. I don't care. Like, I'll watch it, but I don't. Linton Vassal, not that interesting. What I want to see is that entire PFL Bellator card. If you haven't watched it, take my word for it. If you, if you, if you are and you're listening, you can vouch. They open the evening by being like, hey, this is the first time in the history of MMA that two organizations have champions fighting champions. It never happens. They're forgetting all about the Bellator versus Rise and stuff. No. And they hammered that point home. Randy Couture is sitting there doing his commentary thing, and they're like, Randy's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't ever happen. If it had, I would have gotten to fight Fedor. Never mind that Randy would have gotten his ass handed to do him by Fedor. I, you know, it's unfair that this doesn't happen. They hammered on it. They hammered on it with John Jones coming in and then putting him on blast for the UFC not booking Jones and Ganu in the PFL banner or whatever. So if you're going to live life like that, you better stand on business and back it up. Give me Vadim Nimkov, Bellator, some sort of champion, versus KSW heavyweight champion Phil DeFreeze. If you're going to talk that greasiness, you better back it up with a champ versus champ fight that isn't explicitly in your own interest, but is in the interest of the fans. Phil DeFreeze is having to grapple Josh Barnett because there's nobody else for him to fight in KSW. Him versus Vadim Nimkov, that's my wild card pick. Wow. Uh, it's too early to do KSW Epic 2 because there's your KSW Epic 2 headliner, right? Like we said, let's use this Epic brand to do some wonky outside-the-box stuff. And certainly KSW versus, uh, well, I guess, Bellator slash PFL. Versus pfl Tour. Versus pfl Tour would fit outside of the box. Put your money where your mouth is. I love it. Uh, and frankly, for anyone who's asking why would why would PFL do that, um, KSW is bigger than PFL. I don't know if maybe not after the Bellator acquisition. Okay, maybe I'm being unfair. The Bellator acquisition maybe puts PFL to over the top, but individually, if we're looking thinking at a global level, KSW was probably bigger than either Bellator or PFL. Is that a crazy thing to say? No, it, right? It, it's not a crazy thing at all, all because right. so a couple of critical things here. KSW is not as big of a promotion writ large. They don't have the same number of high-level fighters as PFL okay. does or whatever. Fair. Sure. But uh, let me tell you what KSW does. They sell out stadiums regularly. They have a consistent, successful business model that has continued to operate successfully for years on end. And moreover, they have an identity that people love. Like there are actual people out there, hardcore MMA fans love and respect KSW as the spiritual successor to Pride. There just aren't a lot of PFL fans out there. And we talked about it on the post show. Watch KSW Epic, watch PFL versus Bellator. One of those crowds is live. One of those crowds feels like a crowd in an event. And one of them is happening in Riyadh and, you know, is basically an apex card at points in time. So, uh, 
But mostly, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw shade at the UFC for not co-promoting against their own interests, buddy, you better be ready to step up and put put your money where your mouth is for a fight that is legitimately fun and more compelling than any other fight you have on offer for Fadim, for Fadim Nemkov at this point in time. Man, I'm I'm I, I should have gone first with the wild card pick because it, uh, it, it's it going in a very very different direction. It's certainly nowhere near the <laughs> level of quality that you have suggested because I really want to see Phil DeFries and uh, Nemkov now. It's be fun as hell. It'd be so good. It'd be so, and again, more people just need to know about DeFries who hasn't lost a heavyweight fight in like six years or something. Like the guy is he's on a nice run out there. And hey, I'll be the first one to say I probably couldn't name half of the people he's beaten uh, during his heavyweight title run but you know what my memory's shot anyway that applies to actually a lot of uh, promotions so that's really not a filter freeze and kslb problem that's probably a me problem and just an mma saturation problem at this point but you yeah, also we definitely need, know yeah. most of them like even if maybe you can't recall off the top of your head like you oh, know I most know of them. the names sure yeah if you showed me I'd be like, oh yeah this guy, i know this guy uh, todd duffy todd duffy's todd in duffy, there that was, that was a good one thomas narcoon yeah, yeah. Um, Darko Stasek, who picked up a big win at KSW this weekend, like a violent knockout. Man, DeFries and Nemkov just feels right. Sick fight. I was really, really proud of myself. When you're done, when you're done gaslighting John Jones, can you gaslight PFL tour a little bit here and kind of (laughs) make this? I I don't want to distract you from your mission because I feel like you're you're doing the God's work there. But uh, well, PFL's already taken over the gaslight John Jones, uh, (laughs) you know, movement for me. This is true. They helped you. Yeah. They have helped you. So now I can focus on gaslighting them. Jed, for my wildcard pick, I, I, I don't know if you know about this. I rarely mention it in our Slack channels. Uh, there's a fighter named Daniel Lacerda. Have you heard of him? Um, I'm a fan. I, I'm a, record-breaking Daniel Lacerda? <laughs> I do tend to talk of, of fighters who are nowhere near top uh, 50, maybe, in their division, who are who will never, ever fight for a UFC title. I have talked about this man in an inordinate amount. He may and never, I, ever fight in the UFC again. I don't know that at this point. I assure you, everything I say about Daniel Lacerda is out of respect. Uh, I I described his UFC run when I was writing up his, his unfortunate loss to Edgar Kyrez as uh, uh, strange. There's a lot of other words you use to describe his UFC run. I went with strange. I chose to be kind and use strange. O and 5... One no contest, two weight misses, one of which was well over the limit and uh, ended in a fight being canceled. Um, I mean, technically, the Kairos fight also might have been weight cut related. It was a medical issue. It was after they made weight. So, uh, you know, your mileage may vary there if you if you want to call that uh, a medical but a wasn't cut. It, didn't they make like uh, uh, 130? Wasn't it like it a was. catch weight? They made weight. They made weight. Yeah, and it was, it was catch weight. It feels unlikely that was medical I, for that, but maybe. Nothing with Daniel Lacerda feels unlikely. You know what felt True. unlikely? Him going 0-4 and, and getting finished in his first four UFC fights and then getting this Kyrez, that UFC saying, no, we will book this Kyrez fight again. Don't worry about it. We're going to make this happen. Uh, but yes, he. I believe he passes Pat Healy as the only fighter. Though Pat Healy did technically get a win. It was just overturned for, I think, he was smoking the weeds. I can't remember. Uh so he is the only fighter, as far as I know, 0-5 in the UFC, all finishes, and a no contest, which technically he was finished in at first. <laughs> it's just a botched referee call. Dan Sander, you're a legend. And Jed, you said he's probably out of the UFC. I don't know. If he gets one more shot, we got to put him in there with Shannon Ross, right? I mean, Shannon Ross is... <laughs> the boss? I have people come... 
Shannon Frost, the boss, the Turkish delight. I had a lot of people saying like, hey, you know, Lacerda's run was, was pretty rough. But how about Shannon Ross getting in, getting smoked on the contender series and then getting uh, I think he stepped in on short notice. I want to say that's why he got signed uh, to fight Clayton Rodriguez. 59 second knockout loss to Clayton Rodriguez. 17 second knockout loss to Jesus Aguilar. And then uh, a brutal uh, second round knockout loss to Hyun Sung Park. If he's still on the OC roster come Tuesday, and so is Dan Lacerda, let's do it. Because I think someone has to win. Now, that has a lot of a <laughs> hundred other weird things to happen. Go. Someone's always got to go. And I, again, if you think I'm making fun of both guys, I mean, I am a little bit tongue in cheek, but I have respect for anyone, of course, who steps in there. And it'd be just interesting. It'd be fun to see one of these guys get a real shot at a victory. And who knows? Maybe turn their entire career around. I don't know. So Lacerda, Shannon Ross, that's where I'm going. I was trying to figure out who's the, who's the flyweight like Jay Ellis. Who could we get in oh. there with? Just get Jay. With, uh, Lacerda. Just get him his opportunity, <laughs> you know? Finally. Well, I, listen, we're saving Jay for Tony Ferguson, all right? So, all right. <laughs> the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We don't have a lot of time here, so I'm going to run through some listener picks real quickly, Jed. If you have any thoughts, I will throw to you. First off, I got a wave of finger at people. A lot of people were saying, uh, who, anyone who mentioned uh, potentially another Pantoja Royval fight, they all, a lot of people said Pantoja Royval 2. People, it Three. is a trilogy. This isn't a Brandon Moreno situation where the first fight happened on the military fighter. They fought two times officially in the UFC now, uh, the first time. Uh, two times in, in the last like four years. I, I guess people only. So I guess they're just discounting the first fight. I feel like this never happened to Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard. For a great Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard, they always called that a trilogy fight, even though again the first fight was mostly forgettable, a win for Gray, and happened way before their uh, first title fight. People the always first, got it right. The again, first one was twenty August twenty twenty one. It is not even three years fights. ago. There's too many fights now. There's too many fights, but I'm still wagging my finger. People, come on, you got it. The, the the whole narrative with Pantoja. And Roy Val is fantastic. Like you said, doing the hey, I'm five and zero against five, three, three and zero against Moreno, two and zero against Pantoja. Like I gotta fight one of these guys again. What's what are we doing? And uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great gimmick to have. So uh, let's see. I'll I'll read one. Four Corner Sports says Brian Ortega versus Ilya. You know, again, that's that seems possible, seems likely. Fernando Prado. It's Francisco Prado. Four Corner Sports. What is going on, buddy? He was also one of the people to say Pantoja Roy Val too. I, I gotta move on. I got to move on. I don't know what's going on here. 
I, I'm reading any Daniel Lacerda picks. By the way. <laughs> um, I don't see. I hope somebody. I don't picks. see too many. Someone match made for uh, the fight in the crowd because I'm watching videos of it oh, right boy. now. Yeah, so yeah. There's some Dana electric efforts on going on in there. You you guys can read about that in MayFighting.com right now. Uh, Dana White's comments actually. Um, Pierre Rice and great picks here. Naimov, Pierce. Felipe Dos Santos, Maxim, uh, Ronaldo Rodriguez, Jimmy Flick, Ziam Moises, Kyrez, Josh Van. Oh, Ziam Moises, I kind of like, like that. Yeah, it's nice. It's a bit uh, Aguilar, step back from Moises, but I like it. Aguilar, Alan Nascimento. I like this a lot. Howney Barcelos and Chris Gutierrez, too. Ooh. Yeah, that's reaching down deep. It is. We need more lower card rematches. We get a ton of top, like you said, top five. Once people reach the top five, it's like, oh, they can only fight people in the top five, top ten. But when, when you're outside of that and you've still been and you've been around UFC for a while, there's some fun rematches to be had, and, and they should definitely consider. More importantly, we need more Howie Barcelos. He is we do. lovely. He almost oh, was so the wild card for me in the UFC. I was like, how do I? Who do I get him? But then there was nothing that jumped out. Where I was like. Yes, I need to see this, but I love Hani Barcelos. Super fun. Jed, what do you think of Hadagi Molly McCann? That's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. I'm just not sure. I don't know what the UFC sort of plans are with Molly McCann. I mean, obviously yeah. she makes makes the drop down. Looked sensational um in her is that her true strawweight debut or just her UFC strawweight debut? I believe it's true. I don't yeah. think she had, if I'm not mistaken, she had never fought. I think so. Um, I don't know if they're going to try and, I, that's the thing. I was very intentional about not giving Aragui a top 15 fighter, not giving her, you know, the Michelle Waterson Gomez, something like that, because I don't think she's young. And I don't think she has the name to sort of demand that. Uh, I mm-hmm. think Molly McCann will almost certainly be getting Angela Hill, Michelle Waterson Gomez. I, I think one of those two will be for Molly McCann. Cause that's, you know, that, that's a, a known entity, and Molly McCann is still an extremely popular fighter, and she looks so good. Let's get her into the strawweight rankings. But I do – I forgot. The fight itself is fun. She could get the – that's right. McCann could get the Carolina or the uh, Watterson Gomez fight. That's right. I that's think right. – oh, yeah, or in, like in any of those three, I would be very shocked if Molly McCann is not fighting one of those three. Mm-hmm. Scott McCray coming in with that PFL energy. Uh, Jeb, what do you think? McKee and Pico at 155? I mean, I would watch it. Um, and it, honestly, maybe that happens because I know they're probably still interested in doing Pitbull versus Pinedo, um for featherweight. And Lord knows what their lightweight divisions are doing. I mean, OAM left. Usman, I think, is still the Bellator champion, but he had the issue with the drug test. So um, it would be a funnest fight. Like, no one's going to be upset about that fight. Uh because, dude, there's a very real world where that's just like two of the top 40 pound for pound fighters on the planet. TAC MMA, uh, by the way, they said they're upset with me because I didn't read their picks during a live show. Uh, we don't do, we don't read picks. Uh, guys, we don't go to the listener picks a lot when we're doing our live post pay review shows. Unless you want to super uh, chat it. Unless you want to, yeah, that's what super picks will be read. And hop on. Our love and attention can be bought. You guys we have are to mercenaries. Know this. Uh, but guess what? I am not impressed with your performance, Tech MMA, because uh, here's one pick I like, Moreno versus Nicolau. I like that pick. pick. What I don't like is you is you saying Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett with, no, one, no two next to it, and two, that happened recently enough and was defended, such a definitive win for Yair. I don't think they're going to run that back. I don't see why Yair would take that fight. That was literally his last, his most recent win. 
UFC says the man who wants Pantoja year. to fight Brandon Royval. That fight, that fight December. doesn't count. That fight doesn't count. That fight doesn't. Count. Hey, hey, listen. If Josh Emmett had scored some, oh, he killed. Uh, he killed. Uh, I was about to say, where are you with this? He he <laughs> picked Mitchell up a body in the meantime. Uh, yes, but you know what? But they're not desperate to book him. Uh, again, Roy Val Pantoja three is is an act yeah. of desperation. I'm 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 framing it that way, and I have no problem framing it that way. But Rodriguez versus Emmett didn't even mention the two. Tech MMA. Oh, it was for this one. Yeah, it was for the first one. He won the title. Come on, Tech. Come on, Tech. Save your save your anger for yourself. Uh, quickly on Instagram, Nicklinville. Shout out to our boy Nicklinville in med school, who uh, apparently may have correctly diagnosed Eric Silva's injury on the spot. He messaged me after it happened. He said, "Looks like an MCL injury." Sure enough, during the next fight, the, the commentary uh, said that uh, may be an MCL injury. So, Nicklinville, well done, uh, Gerard Biag. And guys, I just want to read only fresh stuff. Uh, Moreno versus Manel Cop. Okay, I don't hate it. Um, I don't hate it. Year versus Arnold Allen. That's a pretty popular pick. Let's keep going here. Left Lane. What's up, Left Lane? Roy Valkop. There you go, Ched. Uh, Yair and Giga. Okay. Ortega or Evloev. This, is this you? Is this person you? Uh, Torres versus Klein. That's money. We're all on that. Kyrez versus Jimmy Flick. Sure. Uh, and then got a couple of emails here. Sorry, guys. Got to run through this quickly. We just don't have a ton of time today. Uh, Tristan Gordet. What's up, Tristan? Regular contributor. Moreno Royval. Harney, Barcelos, Montel, Jackson, Haruki, and Loma, my guy, Yair, Arnold Allen, and Casey Carpenter. Oh, he has a comment for you. Wait, how did he know? I may have mentioned how it on the post show. Okay, okay, okay. You did mention it. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, what's this? Raw Dog versus Cop, Mine and Mike. Oh, Mine and Mike's fight. We got Justin versus Max, so why not? Sure. Barbosa. What's oh, the comment we'll for me? And I, I don't Hold on. Casey, this comment, this picture are a little confusing. Uh, Manuel Torres, Jamie Malarkey, Yasmin versus Dern. Too soon, too soon. Yasmin um, gets run over. She... I mean, that'd be a good get back Does for she... Dern, I guess. I guess, yeah. Okay. Uh, Je- uh, I agree with Mike. Peach World sucks, and a Texan Peach World is supposed to mean Georgia. Yes, I um, believe that. We are the Peach State. Okay. Sorry, it's a derogatory term. I should not have called it that. Peach World sucks. I don't know why I repeated it. And a Texan who lives in Savannah, my girlfriend let me go there. Yeah, it sucks more than Chandler. I am sure being from Savannah knows that. Casey sounds a, a little intoxicated here with some of this. But, also, uh, I don't know. Shots, shots fired at Georgia, I guess. I guess. Uh, it's literally the only human being I've ever met who is not in love with Savannah. Uh, unless you grew up there and then it's like, oh, that's my hometown. So I'm not. But like ev- everyone who's ever been is like, oh my God, this is the most gorgeous place of all time because it is an extremely pretty location. So, but good on you, Casey. Hope, I'm, I'm sorry your girlfriend lives in Savannah. I think that's I, I what think I'm taking or from visited? this. I don't know. I was confused. Uh, Savannah, that's where they filmed the Forrest Gump bench, right? Am no, I crazy? The Forrest Gump. It's absolutely it. They've yeah. filmed a lot of stuff there and increasingly more as Georgia has become a hub for film the filmmaking industry. Uh, there's just a ton of studios and stuff in Atlanta and then Savannah's on the coast. So there gets to be a lot more stuff. And also again, it's an astonishingly pretty city. <laughs> like it is. Very yes. Pretty. I went, I went there with my parents many, 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 many years ago when I was a young lad and my mother, lo- she still to this day talks about Savannah. She loves Savannah. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go back to Savannah. That, I'm like, Mom, we'll that's how I got there. My dad was stationed in the army nearby. Went there was like, this is great. Got out and they, my mom and dad moved to Savannah. 
There you go. Because of Savannah, we have Jed Mishu. Is that fair to say, or is that not 100%? I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's say fair. It's fair to say. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, I, you guys know where to send your picks for next week's UFC, UFC Vegas 80. Eight? Maybe don't even send them. We're, we're, we're going to be overrun with picks next week. I'm certain we are. It's going to be too much we have happening. A Titanic headliner between Charizinho Rosenstruck and Shamil Gaziev. undefeated Shamil Gaziev. You'll put some respect on his name. Vitor Petrino, Tyson Pedro in the co-main event. Vitor Petrino also undefeated. So there you go. We got we got a couple O's that could go. There's intrigue there. As bad as this uh, card is, there it's actually not bad. It's just that the headliner. Hurts I know. everyone's soul, but Alex Perez Muhammad Makayev is two like top ten ranked yes, flyweights. That could be the uh, main events. We've got Alex Perez and Muhammad. Yeah, another undefeated flyweights fighting on this card. Umar Nurmagomedov, who I think all of us think is a future bantamweight champion, is fighting on this card. Probably, honestly, for stakes because if Umar wins that, seems like he might get Corey Sandhagen if he goes out there and gets another yeah. one. Um, yeah, I mean there are at least. Seven ranked fighters, eight maybe. I don't know if Tyson Pedro's ranked in the UFC or not. I mean, uh, and we got a lot of undefeated, yeah. like you said. Uh, so Joel uh, let me Alvarez just finish. Right. Er- Klein? Yeah, just listen, say- Eric Anders, Jamie Pickett, uh, neither man undefeated, but you know, always game. Uh, Alex Perez, Makaya, of course, Makaya undefeated. Match Nell, Steve Ursek, Ursek undefeated in the UFC so far. Umar and uh, Bazat Almakan, Umar 60 and 0's career, who I think. Might be the best bantamweight in the world. And then uh, also on the prelims, Vinicius Oliveira, Giannis Gamori, Javid Bashrat, another undefeated, mm-hmm. Ayman Zahabi, uh, Loic Radzabov, uh, and, oh, jeez, I'm trying to read this all. Uh, Abdul Kareem Al-Salwadi. I should have remembered that, guys. I interviewed him, I think. And uh, Christian Leroy Duncan, Claudio Hibero. Also, so a lot of opportunities for fun here. Also, one, we're getting Raul Rosas, Ricky Tercios, because that fight didn't end up happening. Oh, it yes. got bumped back Thank a week. You. And... Uh, I did just realize whoever put up Ludovic Klein as a possible for Manuel Torres, that's doo-doo because Klein is fighting Joel Alvarez next weekend. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, no, that fight has been canceled. Oh, that fight was canceled? I believe, yes, because I, I had checked. Okay. I had checked. Because I, 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 I put that fight out there, and I certainly don't want to be uh, spreading doo-doo on the show, which I have before. I believe that fight is canceled. Slash that's a shame because so I will I, always watch Joel I know. Alvarez fight. I Love to see that fight, but uh, unfortunately, will not be happening next week. Right. But yes, we've got a Alvarez card. is now fighting Mateus Rebecca like a month later or some shit. That's another good fight. Lightweight rocks, man. It is straight up insane. Right. I know. Rocks. I am a bantamweight is the best division advocate, but lightweight is just insane, and and it's a reason. It's no bad matchups. The- Mike, you're, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm just going to call you Mike until the show's <laughs> over. Uh, Jed, you're a, cons- you know, this is why, and your favorite word, uh, lightweight is considered the consensus, consensus best division in MMA. Consensus. Every, people, enough people said it. It's a consensus. Uh, thank you, Jed. Thank you, Jed, not Mike. Uh, my best friend, shout out to my best friend. He will be back next week. Thank you for helping me recap this card and make some great fight picks, not just for UFC Mexico City, but also for PFL versus Bellator champs. This is Alexander Kaylee. This has been, again, Jed, Mashu, uh, for on to the next one, people. And remember, MMA is supposed to be fun. Uh, join us next week on On to the Next One. Phil DeFreeze versus Vadim Nemkov. <laughs>
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 